Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, how many here, you have all those down, you're perfect in every single one of those. Let me see your hand. We'll have you come right up here for the altar call right now. Why is self-control last? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You all know what I'm talking about. But when I confess, does God forgive? Amen. Have you reached personal perfection yet? (laughs) Of course you haven't. No one has. But you might say, I'm a much better person than I used to be. That may be true. In fact, if you're a Christ follower, that should be true. But you also know that you have a long way to go to reach perfection in God's eyes. The reality, of course, is that you will never be perfect in thought and action until you reach heaven. Pastor Mark's teaching will be reminding you of that fact. He'll also talk about other aspects of your relationship with God that you have, forgiveness and restoration. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Imitate God by Walking in Love and the Light. said to her, go call your husband and we'll talk about it. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And she says, you're exactly right. You've had five and divorced five times. I'll have nothing to do with you. Did he? No. And then he added one. And he said, in fact, you're living with a man. You're fornicating. That Two strikes, forget it. Did he? No. He showed her how to become a believer, that her sins could be gone. She went back into the city. What's she going to say to the guy she's having sexual intercourse with? This stops today. I can't do that anymore. I met a man that told me everything I needed to hear. I'm a new person. And the town flowed out. Tell us. That's what we're about. He didn't give in. But he didn't condemn. He loved her to heaven. Amen? Powerful, powerful. Now, Paul would write in another letter the same thing. When we read this, sometimes we go like, man, there's no hope. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I won't give all of the passage, but there's hope. I wrote it like this. Hope is on the way. 1 Corinthians 6.11, Paul writes this. He was talking about the same people with all the same kind of sins. By the way, let me mention another sin. I mentioned pornography. Do you realize how much pornography has now gone down into our children? We have people called the church, children that are six or seven that are hooked on pornography. Horrible. 
By the way, we have classes that you can go through. Don't ever be embarrassed. You can be set free from pornography. You can be set free. God's power is greater than Satan's sin. So watch your kids. Watch what they're watching on the iPhones and all that stuff. Be careful because the enemy knows it's young. Now watch what Paul writes. This lifestyle. Some of you were once like that. That was your lifestyle. Illicit sex, sex out of marriage, adultery affairs, whatever, you name it. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying to the people, that's who you used to be. But God forgave you. You get a brand new start in life. You can live a holy life because the power of the Holy Spirit came into you. You can live different. And here's what he means. Some of you need to live different. And you have no hope. You have no purpose. Guarantee, if you'll accept Christ today, you will begin a different life. Because the power of God will set you free from those old patterns. There's thousands of people here can say right now that they've been set free from all kinds of sin. Anybody want to say amen right now? It's all of us. We were all dead in our sins. Didn't have to be just sexual. It's all kind of stuff. But we've been set free. You'll get an opportunity. It's our day to give you good news. Now watch verse 6. This is the one that applies to our world today. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things that we talked about, the language, the sexual immorality, because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. See, Paul knew that in churches, there would be false teachers who would stand behind a pulpit and basically say, That sexual immorality and all those things I listed to you, all of those things, none of those things are a sin. Enjoy life. Do whatever you want. God still loves you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But I'm afraid and discouraged because it is being said behind pulpits to the sheep who do not know they've just been deceived. Thank God for the millions of pastors that teach the word of God. Praise the Lord. This lie is common in our world. You'll have people that say they're followers of Christ, and they'll say to you, oh, I'm a believer. I said, well, what is that lifestyle you're doing there? Nothing wrong with that lifestyle, and there's nothing wrong with your lifestyle. I can be a Christian and do any of these things, any of these lifestyles. I'm a Christian. I'm born again. Everything's fine. I want to say to you this morning on the authority of the word of God, you've never become a believer. And if you continue to be deceived, you will end up where you don't want to go. So that's why we have to speak the truth in love. Now, look at verse 7. Don't participate, Paul says, in the things these people do. Now, some people read that verse wrong. Paul isn't saying, have nothing to do with those people. No, he's saying this. We, Paul and Jesus, they lived in the marketplace of life. I just showed you. Here's Jesus out at a well. Paul would go into cities and go, 
Well, you worship a lot of gods. Let me introduce you to the one true God. It doesn't say we remove ourselves from those kind of lifestyles, but we don't participate in them. Jesus didn't change anything. Paul didn't change anything. I do enough counseling still today at the altar and things like that, that I wouldn't know how many of you have relatives, friends, close people, family members that are living these lifestyles I'm talking about. Well, you can't ignore them. You still pray for them. You be with them. But they can't be experiencing that in your home. People ask me this all the time. This is just my opinion. If you have relatives that want to come and they practice a lifestyle that the Bible doesn't agree with, invite them. Have them over Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. They, of course, at some point know as a Christian that you don't agree with that. Nothing wrong with standing up and saying you don't agree with that because God doesn't agree with it. But when they come into your home, don't let them practice that lifestyle in your home. That's your home. Now, if they go, well, then you don't love me. No, that's wrong. We love you. But you can't do that. This is God's house. He purchased this home. And we're trying to follow him. We love you. Come on over. Let's go to the dinner. Let's have water. So don't email me. I don't have all the answers. But I'm telling you, we can't distance ourselves from these people. We have to love them, but never become a part of it. That's what he's saying right here. And Jesus was wise with all of that. Now, verse 8. We move to a new topic. Darkness and light. We left lust and love to darkness and light. Look at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Here's the second thing I told you about that I wanted you to write down. Here's the second one. Our response to God's blessings, I'm to imitate God by walking in the light and not the darkness. The definition, in not a biblical dictionary, a regular dictionary, the definition of light I thought was so powerful. It says this, light stimulates sight and makes things visible. The Bible speaks a lot about spiritual light and spiritual darkness. Let me ask you right now, how many of you would rather walk in the light than in darkness? I'm talking physical. How many are more comfortable walking in the light, because you can see where you're going, than in the dark? Anybody? Good. Let me tell you how that works sometimes. You've been away on a business trip, and your wife's home. You come home four days after. It's in the dark. And you come in the door, and you pop into the bed. Hi, honey. Glad to be home with you, whatever. And an hour later, you have to get up and go potty. Boom! And your wife says, what's wrong? You moved the furniture again, didn't you? <laughs> Mashed your knee up and whatever. How many know that's happened in your home? Come on, be honest. The ladies just like to move stuff everywhere. It's way more comfortable in the light than in the dark. What does that look like spiritually, though? It's defined like this. Light equals God. Truth. Spiritual insight. Following God. I'm a born-again believer. I'm walking in the light. The end result of walking in light? Heaven. How about darkness? Darkness, Satan, lie, spiritual blindness, following self, I'm lost. I've never had a relationship with Christ. What's the end result of that? Hell. So Paul begins, put away those sexual things, those lousy languages, 
Walk love. Don't be in lust. But here's the second one. You need to learn to walk in light, not darkness. One time, Jesus made this statement. He spoke to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, of course you'd rather walk in the light. Let me reverse that verse. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever doesn't follow me, doesn't follow me, will continue to walk in darkness. See, if we're walking in darkness, remember, we have no vision. Things don't make sense. God doesn't make sense. God's word doesn't make sense. Eternity doesn't make sense to us. We have no insight. It doesn't make things visible. We're walking in the darkness. And that is a life filled with the lies from Satan. In fact, the Old Testament proverb says it like this. Proverbs 4.19. The way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. See, spiritual darkness is very similar to physical darkness. But when you come to the outcome, it's very different. Unbelievers will never, ever get to heaven because they continue to walk in darkness. Now, understand, we were born in darkness, all of us. So we're all together. We're together. That's the way we were born. But we took that lifestyle off, and we're walking in the light. We're following Jesus Christ. Let me read to you 1 John 1, 5. This is a message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there's no darkness in him at all. You see, you can't find a place. Linda and I have been to Asia and many, many countries there. And when you go there, and by the way, it's come over here now, you'll hear false religions say this. Join us, and you'll be enlightened. Sorry, there's only one light. His name is Jesus. He is the light of the world. You will not find enlightenment. That's nothing but a deception from Satan. Now, I like verse 6. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living that lifestyle, that persistent lifestyle in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Notice this next statement. Light and darkness cannot exist. Many people are in our churches and they think they're believers. Hello. If we say we have fellowship with God and go on living in spiritual darkness, we're not practicing truth. You never became a believer. You can't say that. Now, there is an option to this. Notice, light and darkness cannot coexist. Is anybody here, you know you're a Christian, you're born again. Do you still sin at all, ever? Few of you are truthful. (laughs) The rest of you are lying right now. Of course. But here's what Satan says. Light and dark can't exist. But Satan says, it's fine. Just sneak over here and do something. Nobody will know. It's fine. Then you can step right back over here. No, If I go home and the light is on, if I turn the light off, what happens? Is it what? Suddenly it's all dark. If I'm in a darkness and I walk in and turn on the light, what happens? It's all light. See, you can't compromise 
and live the Christian life. It doesn't coexist. It doesn't together. You take one or the other. And Paul says, hey, walk in the light. Jesus says, walk in the light. Now, we're not going to be perfect, but we walk in the light. Now, I like this verse, and you'll understand it. Look at 1 John 1, 7. But if we are living in the light, that's Christians, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. I'm ready for an amen in just a moment. Wake some of you up. Then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from how much sin? Could I hear an amen right now? Hallelujah. Pastor Mark, I thought we're supposed to be sinless. I already saw that a moment ago. You will never be sinless. What's my famous statement? You'll never be sinless, but we will sin less. I found it even better this week. Not mine, somebody else. When I become a believer... I have a brand new spirit, but my old nature lives in me. The only time I'll ever be sinless is when I get to heaven. You know why? Because I'm better. No. The only reason I'll ever sin when I get to heaven because there's no sin there. <laughs> so I don't have any temptation. Remember, Paul finished his life and he said this. I ain't arrived yet. I'm still working on it. Here's what I learned this week. I'll never be sinless. I can sin. Come on. Less. Here's what I learned. And less. And less. And less, and less, and less. Whoop, heaven. Is that good or what? That's good. What am I talking about? As I mature, sin becomes less important to me. I'm not tempted by that anymore. Now, you'll never stop being tempted. But that's spiritual growth. That's that world of becoming more like Christ. Now, what happens when I'm growing spiritually. Look at verse 9. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. If you're a person that likes plants, or you're a farmer, or you have fruit trees in your yard, or whatever, you know the principle. We all took biology. Uh, Plants need light, photosynthesis, to grow, be healthy, strong, produce fruit. It's the same thing for believers. Here's what you want to write. Living in the light, God, produces fruit, spiritual evidence. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And when that is happening in my life and your life, that pleases God. Now, what does that look like? Here's the fruit of the Spirit. As I'm following Jesus, I'll never walk in darkness again. It won't be a lifestyle for me. I might dip over here and come right back, and I have to ask God to forgive me. But I'll just move on. And if I do that, here's what God, through his Holy Spirit, produces. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, how many here, you have all those down, you're perfect in every single one of those? Let me see your hand. We'll have you come right up here for the altar call right now. Why is self-control last? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You all know what I'm talking about. But when I confess, does God forgive? Amen. So I'm working toward that. But there will be evidence. See, if there's none of that evidence in your life, something's wrong. You're not walking in the light. You've never been born again. Now, verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless, no fruit, deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient 
do in secret. As Christ followers, we live in the world, but we don't isolate ourselves. But there are times when we have to take a stand for what we believe. Maybe somebody invites you out, and they want to invite you to go see a movie or whatever. And you look up the movie, and you kind of say to your wife, well, we'd like to be with them. Our neighbors, they're not believers, but look at the words, and look what's happening. There's nudity, and the F words 12 times, and whatever. Well, that's a great movie. We'll just go. No, you have to finally say to the people, without condemning them, find another movie, we'll go, sorry, we just can't do that. Now, you say, well, they're going to think you're odd. That's okay, because there's a time I have to say to them, that's not who I am. That used to be me. I can't do that anymore. And we're not talking about, no, 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 no. We can't do anything. Not at all. Well, we just have to say, being in a dark world eventually will allow unbelievers to look at us and go, wow, that person takes a stand. They didn't condemn me, but I know now what they believe. That's a good thing. Look at verse 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Do you realize nothing in our life is hidden from God. I can fool my wife, even after 51 minutes, I can still do it. (laughs) She can fool me. You can fool me. I can fool you. But I can't fool God. Notice, everything exposed by the light, God is light, becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. When I turn the light on, it exposes everything. As I've taught, God's turned the light on of his word to all of our hearts, every single one. Some of you not believers, some of you believers. And he said, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's talked to you. I love you enough to say, don't eat the soup. You've walked back. Don't go there. See, that's not a harsh God. That's a loving father saying to his kids, you know it. Nobody else knows it, but I know it. Come on. Get real with God. Now, when you see that, we come to verse 14, which is very interesting. Verse 14, it's been said that this was part of an invitational hymn in the church 2,000 years ago. comes from the Old Testament. As an invitation to unbelievers who are living in the dark. Look what it says. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, talking spiritually. And Christ will shine on you you. Paul says, it's time to wake up. It's time to let the light of the gospel shine into your dark life. You've been sleeping. You're in the darkness. You're dead spiritually. If you repent, if you believe, if you follow Jesus, you'll never walk in darkness again, but in the light of God. Well, there's an altar call 2,000 years ago, same principles that we use. I want to say this together. God, I love to walk in your life, in your life. Let's say it together. Put a little love in there for God. We do. Here we go. God, I love to walk in your life. Amen. That's a lifestyle that pleases God. Today, you learned the significance of light and darkness. Pastor Mark taught about spiritual light, God's ways, and spiritual darkness, which belongs to the realm of Satan. You learned that having God's light shine on you makes it pretty hard to fake your relationship with God. You found out that having that honesty is a good thing, because then you'll get closer to God. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This concludes Pastor Mark's teaching, Imitate God by Walking in Love and the Light. Next time, he'll begin the teaching, Spiritual Warfare in the Invisible Spiritual World. He'll speak about the kingdoms of God and of Satan. We will discuss the fact that every person ever born was born into the kingdom of Satan. And now joining Jesus' side is the only way to be free. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.